welcome back to another episode of Better Than I Found It, the podcast all things college golf. You're listening to Mike McGraw, the men's golf coach at Baylor University. Today's guest on Better Than I Found It is former college golf coach Justin Barger, who now serves as the director of collegiate relations for PGA Tour University. Really excited about him being on here today because in our discussion, we, he clears up a lot about PGA Tour University, how, where it's come from, where it is now, and, and the criteria that are required for a player to you know, be involved in that. But we also talk about his time at University of Illinois when he worked for Mike Small at Illinois, and uh, he talks a lot about what made Mike, what makes Mike a successful golf coach. Uh, there's a lot of good tidbits in here today. I think you really enjoy this. Okay, better than I found it, listeners. Let's uh, give a big better than I found it welcome to Justin Barger, the director of collegiate relations, PGA Tour University. Uh, literally for only four months, Justin, uh, welcome to the podcast today. Thank you, Coach. I appreciate you having me on. It's uh, it's gonna be great to talk about kind of this new chapter in my life and a new adventure that I'm on with PGA Tour U, and to, to talk about something that's close to uh, close and passionate to me, which is college golf. So I'm literally looking forward to this next uh, time we're gonna spend together. Yeah, that's great. I, you know, this podcast literally is a college golf podcast that, that Mikel Barrick Andreessen, my former assistant coach, and I started during the the pandemic just to kind of keep Baylor golf out there or just to keep relevant or whatever, it's turned into something that I actually cherish because I get to talk to everybody from any sort of part of the golf college golf industry or profession. Uh, You're now a former golf coach and a current guy with the PGA tour university, which everybody's interested in. I mean, everybody that follows college golf uh, I'm I'm afraid (laughs) this is a lot of pressure, but everybody's looking at you right now. (laughs) So but um, but anyway, uh, tell me about your background. I, I met you when you were an assistant for Mike Small, basically at Illinois. Uh, you're a great young coach. You've got a great presence about you on in the college golf world. I think you were a, uh, a loss to our profession when you left. But I think you're also going to help our profession in your new role. But tell me about your background. How did you get to college coaching? Well, yeah. So my, my background is, you know, I, I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri. I went to the University of Colorado, played golf there. I was actually recruited under Mark Simpson and then Roy yeah. Edwards coached me for my last uh, four years, which was a great, great experience. I, I dabbled a little bit with professional golf after that. I think I played about seven years all over the world, played a, a year in Latin America, two years in Canada, which with, with what I do now and kind of, uh, as we'll talk about here in a minute, working with those tours, it's kind of come full circle. Um, after I kind of played, I actually met my wife towards the tail end of my professional career. And I, I guess I, I realized it was probably time to, to either grow up, get better or, or find <laughs> something that was gonna, gonna bring in a little more consistent income. So, um, you know, that led me down a couple different paths, but ultimately I was fortunate to get my first job in college coaching at, uh, army West point coach, Chad Bagley gave me a great opportunity there. And at the time, my girlfriend worked in New York City. So I moved up to Westchester, New York. We lived in White Plains. She commuted 50 minutes down into the city and I commuted about 55 minutes up the Hudson River to West Point. Um, Just obviously an unbelievable experience to 
to learn from Coach Bagley, but also the some of the greatest leaders in our country. Um, it's just an, it's an experience I never thought I would I would have, and was very fortunate. Um, you know, after one year, I really wasn't looking to do to move on, but um, there became an opening at Illinois, which is two and a half hours from where I grew up. Obviously, Mike Small's reputation, as we'll probably talk about here in a minute. Um, had me very interested. I was fortunate to interview uh, with him, go through the gauntlet, and uh, he wanted me to come there as, as his assistant. So my uh, girlfriend at the time and I had to talk about moving from New York City to, to Champaign, Illinois, and it was right before COVID. So ultimately did that, uh, made the, the move. What an unbelievable experience I had at Illinois. And then you fast forward to, I guess now it'd be about seven or eight months ago that uh, this opportunity was kind of presented to me by my now boss, Brendan Von Dorn, also the, I guess, founder or creator of PGA Tour University, which I'm sure we'll get into here in a little bit. Um, and it was honestly when it was presented to me, I coached small, uh, got a call from Brendan and he asked me if I, w if I wanted to talk to him. And I said, well, you know, it's not in college coaching. So to be honest, I, I don't know if I I don't know if I do. And all he said to me was, you know, Justin, when the PGA Tour calls, he goes, you definitely want to at least hear what they have to say. He goes, this could be a pretty cool opportunity. So coming from him, um, it, it definitely changed kind of my view of the opportunity. And I, I, I for sure wanted to learn more. And, you know, fast forward. And here we are four months into uh, kind of a new chapter. What what a chapter it is. This is something I would, you know, everybody in college golf, that's interested in college golf is interested in PGA tour. You it's, it's just such an incredible program that we're going to talk about here in a minute, but you know, let's not fast forward past Mike small, because I think Mike and I have a lot of respect for each other. We, we both really do. And um, I think what I respect about Mike is he just, he's a competitive guy who gets the job done. He's uh, no frills, no, nothing extra added. It's just, I'm Mike small. This is I'm giving you my point of view. I'm Mike Small. This is what I believe. This is how you build a program. And he's given us all a template for how to build a golf program, not just a golf program, a golf program in the Midwest. That's one of the best programs every single year and has some of the best facilities in the country. How in the world? What makes him such a great coach? You give me at least one or two characteristics or we're ending this interview. Go ahead. <laughs> well, you know, I, I will tell you, I've gotten a few phone calls from coaches since I, I left Illinois and they've been asking uh, for some of the secrets, I guess, to, to put it directly. Um, you know, I really don't know that there is any secret to what Coach Small does. I, I think what what's I don't know if it separates him, but what works so well for him at Illinois is his authenticity. He he is who he is um, to the core and he is the most uh, direct man that I've been around. Um, and I think that 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 delivers so much respect from his players, his coworkers. I always really respected how if I did something wrong or not to the standard he was looking for, there wasn't a whole lot of beating around the bush. He would tell me, hey, this is how you did this. This is why it needs to be better. This is how I'd like for you to do it. And it was straightforward. I got the point and we moved on. Um, mm -hmm. You know, there's there's countless lessons I could go into that he he taught me about coaching life uh your job your family uh but you I mean you boil it down to he, he is who he is every single day um he he brings an energy and a uh competitiveness that i i, I have found in very very few people um he told me the first day that i met him in the interview that at the end of the at the end of each year he was going to ask me if i outworked him and he said if you come close then we're going to be just fine 
And <laughs> I kind of took that as a challenge. And I can tell you, honestly, I probably did not outwork him. I tried, I tried my hardest to keep up, but he's just a, uh, he's a very genuine, straightforward, direct person. And I think that's why he gets so much out of his players is that, you know, when he tells a guy, Hey, you can do this, they really truly believe him. And then when he tells a guy that, Hey, your short game or your, your driving has got to get better to get to the next level. They genuinely believe him. And, and, and the tough ones who are drawn towards him, um, they really get better and they excel in that environment. And, you know, I think he, he what he's done in the location geographically is, is pretty remarkable. But like I said, it fits him. And through the recruiting process, I think guys have to kind of check so many boxes to where Illinois is a legitimate option. They have to be genuinely interested in what Mike Small does and how he's different. Um, they've got to be willing to be very uncomfortable in terms of the weather, um, which he's countered quite well with facilities. But there really isn't a, a secret sauce. He recruits good, tough competitors. They come there. He helps chisel them into to pretty strong players. And I'll, I'll tell you, it was always fun for me and the the teams we had that, you know, we we weren't always the best team, but I always knew that we would go there and nobody would outcompete us and we wouldn't get in our own way. And I felt like you look at the national championships, that's where it's the ultimate, you know, I believe at Greyhawk especially, it was the ult ultimate grind and mental test of mental toughness and the, the teams that we had that got there, man, it was cool to see how they'd hold up under that pressure. Yeah. Well, you just described what I thought you would say. I, you just said exactly what I thought. You know, he reminds me a lot of Mike Holder that I worked for for so many years at Oklahoma State. You never had to worry about where you stood. You knew if you didn't do something that did not meet his standards, he was going to tell you. And he gained respect from his players that way. But he also recruited tough minded guys that we're going to be able to take that coaching. And I think I've had to land someplace in the middle from, you know, I don't want to be a soft coach. I, I definitely want to be disciplined and all that. I don't think I could be Mike Holder or Mike Small. I don't want to be, but I do have a huge amount of respect for both guys. And it doesn't surprise me what you just said. That's basically how Mike built his program. And, and I remember the day that the, the things switched, we were, we had the number one team in the country at Oklahoma state and, we were in there and leading after 36 holes at Olympia Fields. And his team came back and beat us that that next day and won the tournament. And I've never seen Mike smile or react that way since. It was like it, the light went on. He said, I've got it. This is how we're going to build this program. I don't know if he ever talks about that day, but he beat a pretty good Oklahoma State golf team. And it's been lights out ever since. Yeah, and I, I tell you, you know, he's never brought that story up to me, but I think what I what I truly respect about him, two things kind of come to mind is is that he he when he talks about standards and the way you do things, it translates to all forms of life. I mean, it translates into the position I'm in right now. You know, I come to work every single day and I try to be better. I try to to make sure that there's a level of integrity um, in my work and take pride in it. And it, that translates to golf, business, wherever it is. Um, and it's just something that I, I respect so much. He he's also. The way he's brought it year after year, I, I think, speaks a little bit to probably exactly how he's viewed um, from the outside. But once once the year's done, he doesn't really celebrate. You know, he doesn't talk a lot about 13 or 14 Big Ten championships, eight in a row. He's all, he's on to the next one. It's kind of like you listen to Tom Brady in interviews and, and the one he wants the most is the next one. And, man, they talk about a guy who loves the process of just trying to see how good you can be. And just just a guy that I miss dearly. And uh, he made me a much better uh, person and, and coach while I was there. I love it. And that's another example of how coaches have to coach their assistant coaches, too. I mean, you're, you're coaching players, but you're also trying.
trying to help teach us. You know, you're now no longer in coaching, but I bet you have to do some coaching. I bet you have to do some managing of things. I bet a lot of the discipline he taught you, which you're already a disciplined guy, but that that's great to hear all of that about Mike. I do respect that guy. But okay, moving on to PGA Tour U. When I was on the, I've been on the Golf Coaches Association Board of Directors for many, many years, and we were having a meeting at, at uh, the, the Golf Coaches Convention in Las Vegas. And I saw Brendan's name, Brendan Van Dorn's name on the uh, agenda. And I thought, I wonder what the PGA Tour U, what is this? I have no idea. And they really hadn't prepared us for it. Just kind of said, hey, he's going to tell us about something. And he presented it to us that day. And my, this light bulb went over my head. I thought, I remember thinking, this is going to be the most amazing opportunity for college golfers. Um, it's going to bring a whole lot more value to the college golf experience itself. It's going to players are going to be less likely to turn pro after three years, way less likely to do that, especially without status. And the odds are going to go up that college degrees are going to be completed, too. So those are just some of the things I initially thought, oh, my gosh, this is incredible. Now, Brent, it took a year or two to get things rolling. And then we had the first class in 2021. Can you can you agree with those benefits for college golf and are there any other benefits that you've seen so far? No, I, I mean, that's that's spot on. I mean, you mentioned the impact that it would have. You know, we were fortunate Commissioner Monahan actually spoke to my team falls within the pathways, which would be the Corn Ferry Tour, the Q School, the new PGA Tour Americas and PGA Tour University. But he came and spoke to our team and PGA Tour U came up as, as a topic. And he said that it might be one of the most impactful programs to the PGA Tour since he's been around. Um, and I mean, that just speaks to what Brendan has kind of built, um, you know, as you and I were have chatted about before, it, it's not perfect. Um, we're, we're trying to evolve nonstop. Um, we're trying to create a, a really great ranking and a great program that gives guys a, a little bit of a, a head start, if you will, in their professional career, but really just matches what the, the levels and the, uh, the, the programs that exist that in different sports and just your best player from college, I think should have a, a, a foot in the door in professional golf. And from there, they're going to have to earn it. Right. If, if, if a guy is given a PGA tour card to talk about Ludwig, for example, if, yep. when he got his PGA tour card, if he didn't earn it, he would find himself back in the mini tours here sooner than later. Um, but to give him that opportunity and obviously to look at what he's done on that platform it just speaks to the validation of the program if it needed to be validated. Um, but no, the benefits, I think, are they're, they're great for the PGA Tour. I think they're great for college golf. I think it kind of aligns the two even closer. Um, and it really, I, I tell, more than anything, it just showcases what a great job college golf, the coaches, the facilities, what it's all done in, in producing players who are ready to compete at a darn high level mm. right out of school. You know, people were asking me about Ludwig last year as you know, he was on this list and they said, how good is he? Is he good enough to beat professional golfers? I said, well, in my years of college coaching, so basically 25, 26 years, I think he's the most prepared player to play professional golf since Tiger. And he's has a maturity level and he's got everything about his game is spot on, but his maturity level, he's so ready to be a pro. And I thought to myself, this is perfect for PGA Tour U because he's going to be the best player. He's going to be number one on the list. He's going to come out and he's going to get he's going to get his card. And it happened. So I just I just think it's fantastic to see already. 
No, I, I couldn't agree more. And you look at what he's done with being the first guy to go straight from college golf to the PGA Tour and has kind of just championed the program, making a Ryder Cup within, uh, let's mm. call it, four months of, of playing the national championship. It's kind of a, a perfect scenario for us at PGA Tour U, but you also can't uh, diminish the achievements of Adrian Dumont de Jassart. Comes out, wins his first professional start. A week later, Ricky Castillo goes out and does the same thing. I mean, it just shows you the depth of college golf and it gets talked about all over social media and on TV, but the guys aren't afraid to go out there. They play their game and, and they know that if they do things the right way, they're going to have a chance to compete at a high level. And it just speaks to how far college golf has come. And I'm hopeful that, you know, as we send guys down the road to the PGA tour, that uh, Ludwig is kind of, he's the standard and that we keep kind of maintaining it. You know, he's, he set the bar pretty high, which is great for our program. But we're hoping that the guys who follow in his footsteps, we hope that he's kind of showed what's possible. And and let's kind of just keep uh, piggyback onto that and keep the momentum going. Yeah, the last time I checked, those golf balls they use in the PGA Tour, they have no idea if you're a rookie, if you're a PGA Tour U guy. The, the golf balls don't know. They just go where you tell them to go, right? That's exactly right, Coach. Yeah, and that Ludwig, his golf ball goes just about exactly where he wants it to go. It goes very long and very straight off the tee. That much is almost almost certain. Crazy, crazy. But listen, you know, for the listeners out there, um, the casual golf, college golf fan, or just listeners to this podcast, um, they may not know exactly how PGA Tour U is structured. So can you take it, and it's evolved, even in the last three years, it's evolved. But currently, right now, how does one get involved with PGA Tour U? How does it happen for a player? So yeah, but at a very high level. So the PGA Tour U ranking is a two-year ranking. So it's your final two years in school. Uh, both years are weighted equally. There is a minimum divisor, so you've got to get to 18 events. Um, in your first year, you need to play five events, and that kind of makes you eligible for the ranking. The At the beginning of your senior year, final year of school, you just register with PGA Tour U, and basically we're able to, from our data, pull your record from the previous year and then we track you in the ranking and everybody sees on our website. Um, the ranking is derived and powered by Wagger. So the points that you receive in an event from Wagger correlate directly over to our ranking. So it's a it only incorporates college events and PGA Tour events. It's meant to be a collegiate ranking. You know, I, I had another coach a uh, week or so ago told me, well, that makes sense. He's like, they don't give you the Heisman based on what you did in the summer and said, mm -hmm. that's a, a good way to look at it. So it's PGA tour events. It is one DP world tour event, the hero Dubai desert classic. Um, and yeah, that's how the ranking kind of works as a general, the benefits would be that as we talked about Ludwig. So the number one player in the PGA tour, U ranking earns an 18 month PGA tour card. So you're, you're a member of the PGA tour into open full field events starting after the, the NCAA championship. And it runs through that year and then the next and subject to reshuffle. Um, the two through five are Corn Ferry Tour members who you're in every week is the easiest way to put it. You can also play on unlimited sponsors exemptions, which is a nice perk. And you're exempt to the final stage of Q school, which is kind of a, a little bit of a fallback depending on how the Corn Ferry Tour season goes. Uh, six through 10 would be conditional Corn Ferry Tour members they're exempt to second stage and six through 10 play out of what would be called the PGA tour U category. So there's five spots each week on the corn Ferry tour that are allotted to PGA tour U members. And so kind of based off of 
what the guys in two through five do opportunities come down to six, seven, eight, nine, and 10. And for example, Ricky Castillo, who we talked about. So he got into the event. He won because the previous week, Adrian won the event, which moved him into the winner's category, thus opening up a spot for Ricky. So it's, it's kind of funny, the trickle down that if Adrian doesn't win his first start, there's a pretty good chance Ricky's not in the field in Wichita, the event he ends up winning. So um, it's kind of crazy how that's all connected. But then numbers 11 through 20 will be members of PGA Tour America. So there should be a lot more information coming out. But this is the combination of the what was the PGA Tour Canada and PGA Tour Latin America. Uh, so it'd be one tour now with two different swings. But this gives those guys 11 through 20 access right after the NCAA championship to uh, to go play what will be the North America swing in Canada and the United States and, and just kind of test their uh, test the professional waters right away wow that is very well said and and it breaks it down nicely i don't think when the program started that number one was automatically on the pga tour that was a an add-on is that correct or not that is that's kind of part of the evolution of the uh the program and you know it's a big question when i talk to coaches and college players is how, how will the program continue to grow that's just one example is that people i think saw the value um of having the number one player go straight to the PGA tour. And it was enough within the, the organization that that's, that's kind of where we landed. Um, and I would say we're, we're here and, and kind of pushing for college golf benefits and pushing for more benefits for our, our collegiate players. Uh, and it's kind of a slow, steady progress, but I mean, I think the first year is 15 guys. Uh, I think the second year was 15, third year, we got to 20. I think there's a chance we might be going a little deeper here soon. Um, but we're always working to get the benefits better and better. And, and I tell guys that I talk to, the better the collegiate players go out and play professionally, the more ammo we have in here to uh, to try and to try and push for, for for additional benefits. Yeah, I think they're validating this program by playing great. The Cootie Twins, you know, you go, go right down the list of guys that have played beautifully um, in Corn Ferry events and PGA Tour events early on after getting through PGA Tour U. You know, it, <clears throat> it occurs to me that uh, you said it's not perfect and because it's not perfect, you have, I'm sure, have fielded some calls from either coaches or parents or even players. <clears throat> Why is this? What happened there? Why haven't you done this? I mean, I, I don't want you speaking specifically to it, but I'm sure you've received some calls, haven't you? Well, yeah, we, you, you know, you can't make everyone happy in anything you do, Coach. Um, I will say that I had a lot of questions that have come up even in my own mind about PGA tour year, PGA tour U in the past four months or so. Um, I will say like, like you mentioned, it, it's not a perfect ranking. I think you can look at the results of the first three classes. And I, I think we, the program's done a pretty good job of identifying guys who could go out and play professional golf at a really high level. Um, is there little twerks or sorry, tweaks and ways we can, we can make it better. Absolutely. And we are always looking to make our program as efficient as possible for, for the guys who are, who are getting benefits and who are in the ranking. Um, but yes, there's definitely different explanations that are given and some people agree with them. Some people don't, um, you know, a lot of it revolves around the, the PGA tour. U is, is also a, it's a business and we, we have to kind of, we're able to do press releases based off of having a ranking that is relatively and stable, not in terms of how guys move, but in terms of making sure we have everyone captured. And when you, when you kind of look at the nuances of, you know, well, what if a player has a great senior year, but didn't play his junior year. And trust me, nobody wants to capture those players more than we do. I mean, you look back a few years ago, 
and um, he's his name is escaping me right now. And it's going to really uh, Vincent Norman. So Vincent Norman yeah. went to Florida State after transferring from a Division two school. And so unfortunately, he wasn't eligible for the PGA Tour U rankings. Nobody wants him to be a part of PGA Tour U more than us. And, and as we move forward, we're always looking at case studies like that and trying to find ways where we can make sure that we're capturing as many of the good players that are coming out of college golf as we can. Well, you know, it's, it's funny you mentioned Vincent because I was thinking that same thing. It was It's a shame for him in his situation. But the truth is, it's available to everybody. If you're playing college golf and you're a junior and you, so you have a two-year ranking, it's available to everybody. And like so many other things in life, it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity for you to, to buy bypass, maybe going to tour school, maybe mini tours, whatever it is. But the secret to being successful at anything is seizing opportunity. And that's what these players in the top five that you've had the last few years have done. It's like they come out, you gave them an opportunity. Now they earned that opportunity, but they seized it and did something with it. I don't, I don't think you should have to field any calls, honestly, <laughs> because it's like the, it was at, the opportunity was out there for everyone. And it was your job to go, go get it. So you agree no, with I, that? I do agree with that. And I, mean, I guess two two parts to that to kind of unwrap real quick. But you talk about the opportunity. And as a, a coach, I'm sure it's something that you preach as well. But I still remember the day last spring. I think it was last spring that Mike Small was sitting there with Tommy Cool and Adrian Dumont's chest art. And we were talking about professional golf and the word opportunity kept coming up. And coach said, you're going, both of you will have opportunities and you're going to be playing well in tournaments down the stretch. And what will probably define your careers is do you take advantage of those opportunities? I mean, you look at a guy like Adrian and if he doesn't seize the opportunity to win the first event, his entire season could look quite a bit different. That gave him so much momentum, so much positive energy. Um, and belief that I think that catapulted him. Um, so to your point, opportunity is everything. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to give these guys an opportunity to go out, perform at a high level and, uh, and to kind of make golf their career. And what's also kind of, you know, you mentioned Vincent Norman, and there will be other guys who don't maybe fall into whatever our cutoff is. It's the top 20 players. It, it doesn't mean that the 21st, 22nd, 23rd guy isn't going to have a successful pro career. And that's something that has been another layer to the PGA Tour that I've, I've really enjoyed getting to know and understand is, is kind of the pathways, how PGA Tour America, so the, the Q school structure for that is kind of going to be re, retailored to, to kind of focus on getting college players right after their season to have an opportunity to go to the Q school, find a place to play, earn a place to play right away. And then if, if that doesn't go well, they can go to Q school in the fall and earn it there. Um, but it's been fun to see the emphasis on getting collegiate players into the PGA Tour uh, pipeline or ecosystem, however you want to look at it, and the emphasis that's placed on that. Wonderfully said, wonderfully said. Um, so if if I said you've you've been fielding calls maybe from coaches or parents or players, what would you say, in your opinion, you've only been doing this four months, but is the general feeling from the PGA Tour players, the current players on the PGA Tour and or Corn Ferry Tour, uh, in your opinion, what do veterans think about this program? Has there been any pushback? And I, you know, obviously, Coach, me being new, I, I'm just speaking off of kind of the general vibe I've gotten from people around the PGA Tour. Um, but I do believe... PGA Tour U, I think at first was an idea that Brendan had. Um, I think a lot of people like yourself 
maybe said this has got some some substance to it. This is something I think we can get behind. But let's just see. Let's just wait and see. Um, and then I, I do think there was a validation period where I, I think some tour pros probably fell into the boat of, you know, I had to earn it. Why don't they have to go earn it the old school way? Um, I think that's kind of a little bit of the, the modern approach of PGA Tour U. And I think that the results and I guess the validating here for these first few years, I, I think have have gotten a lot more people on board than maybe were at first. And not to say that there was a whole lot of naysayers, but I think anything new is going to be met with some pushback and some criticism. Um, and I'm sure Brennan faced a little bit of that, even within the building uh, of the PGA tour, but I'm sure some, some, some professionals, you know, I can imagine myself if I was a, I'm 36 years old, if I was, you know, grinding out on the PGA tour and, and I had done it a certain way, I might want those guys to do it, to have to go through it the exact same way I did. Um, but I think that the, the, the viewpoints have, have changed. I think people have seen what Ludwig has done. I mean, you talk about maturity and that's probably one of the most common things that he and or common traits that he and Adrian have. And it's been fun to hear the people around the corn Ferry tour that talk about Adrian as if he's been a pro for 10 years. And, you know, we were fortunate to, to coach him. I saw that in college golf is that he kind of handled college golf like a pro. So he was pretty well set up there. Um, but it's been just kind of as, as guys see him come out, they see guys like Ludwig, they see how prepared they are. They see the cooties, um, you know, all these guys who are now on the PGA tour. I think people are now seeing that this is a really great thing. And as golf, golf becomes more and more uh, modern, I guess is the word I'm saying I'm going to use with speed athleticism. Uh, it's kind of leading to a little bit of a younger movement. And I think PGA tour U is, is capitalizing on that. I think they absolutely correct about that. You know, we talked about opportunity. We've said that several times. To me, you still earn that opportunity. It's an opportunity, but you have to go earn it. Just because it was there, Ludwig, we looked at him and we thought he was the best player. He still had to do that in order. And by the way, I think he played in three or four DP World Tour events during the spring season, made the cut in every one of them, and was still by far the best college player. He earned this opportunity to have a PGA Tour card, in my opinion. I, I agree. And I think, you know, when you talk about the evolution of college golf, you talk about more events on TV, you talk about the national championship and the emphasis placed on it. But then you look at the PGA Tour U ranking. I mean, look at a guy like Christo Lamprecht, who he, he knows that he's he, he was trying to chase down Michael Thorbjörnsson for the top spot. And what did he do? He goes out there and wins Olympia Fields and then loses in a playoff at, at the Ben Hogan. And I would argue, you know, that's two of the stronger events you'll have all year um, in the collegiate season. And to do that with knowing that you you really need to have a hot start to the fall, I just think that helps his his confidence and it shows to himself that, you know, I can play pretty darn good golf under some pressure. You know, you bring up a good point, too. It's like he he went out and played good golf, just played good golf. And when a player on your team comes into your office and says, why am I not playing? Well, ultimately, if you played better, we'd be taking you. 100% because I still have never met a coach who wakes up in the morning and says, boy, I hope I make the wrong decision in, in picking the guys today. I want to take the worst team possible to this next tournament. Coaches don't think that way. And if you were playing better, you would be on this team. And if you were playing better, you'd have a tour card. Both. And by the way, you and I both wanted to be tour players, right? <laughs> and we're not. So it's it's so true, but you, you bring that up and it, it is, it's a parallel of coaching because, you, you know, I get a lot of questions about, 
the power method and about the strength of a field and, you know, playing this event or playing that one. And I tell guys, PGA Tour University was created to exist in the background. Now, now some of the the growth and development of it, it's become a big, a big mainstay in college golf, a big factor. But at the end of the day, the only way you move up in the ranking is by playing good golf. And it's it's been a lot of fun to kind of see, you know, how if you go out, you play, these schools play great schedules and you just keep playing solid golf, you keep moving up in the rankings. And it's, 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 I mean, it's control what you can control. A lot of these things are things coaches say over and over again. Right. And it's, uh, it's kind of, you let the golf ball do the talking and that's what we try to do with our ranking as well. I think that's wonderfully said. Okay. Typical day for Justin Barger. What is that? Because I've, I've literally have seen you at one golf tournament since you've gotten this job. I don't know what you do on a daily basis. Give me a typical day. Well, you know, it's been, it's definitely been a, uh, that's probably been one of the challenges in my transition is that, you know, I'll be perfectly honest. I, I've never had spent a full day in a, in a office, much less a <laughs> corporate setting. Uh, you know, at, at Illinois, the assistant coach, I, I got into work early, did some work on the computer, administrative work, a uh, ton of recruiting, but then by about lunch or just after, you know, you're out of the, on the course with the guys or at the practice facility, um, you know, grinding away, trying to help them get better. So for, for me, a typical day is I'll, I'll come into our office when I'm not on the road, which I, I'm probably traveling now. Um, I probably go to two tournaments a month and it'll pick up a little bit in the spring, obviously, um, with the national championship being the culmination of the, the college season. But I come into our office, um, you know, it's, it's incredible to me, the different I guess I'll call them tentacles that the PGA tour has as a, as an organization. So for the first four months, I've been just trying to wrap my mind around how everything works around here. And it's so, it's been such an eye opening experience to see how many people are here and their jobs are to find opportunities, create opportunities for professional golfers and for the PGA tour members and to just, keep this organization moving forward in a positive direction. So a lot of it is meetings with various people. Um, you know, I do a lot with player relations on the corn Ferry tour, as well as sitting in some meetings on the PGA tour. Um, so it all kind of, it all kind of, we blends in and out together. So a typical day for me is, is have some meetings. I try to work on some different things. Um, you know, usually there's a couple phone calls to coaches sprinkled in there. Uh, college campus visits have become a big, big thing that, uh, Brendan and I have have, have kind of emphasized. It's been great. I've gone on, I think, three so far this fall just to meet with guys. Um, I mean, my job, I, I see it as I am, am the college golf. Um, I'm not going to say expert, but if people want to know something about college golf, they, they come to me. And with the way college golf is growing, and as we've talked about these stars, um, it seems like the the role that that pipeline plays in the PGA tour is just becoming more and more important. So I'm, I'm hopeful that my role can be an asset to the overall organization and, and just keep building relationships with coaches and, and however that, that takes form, whether it's at tournaments, whether it's via phone calls at the convention, um, just to kind of be a, a, a resource for the players and coaches, especially as they, the players move into their professional careers. Um, and then kind of for the organization, just kind of be a, uh, uh, the kind of the thumb, I guess the, the go-to guy for college golf would be the best way to put it. Well, I think the PGA Tour <clears throat> was very smart to hire you because you were on the front lines with all the best players in college golf the last three years. And so pretty much all the kids that are coming out or, you know, in in this program are, are guys you've 
competed against, you've known personally or whatever. So it's pretty easy for you to be able to make that transition transition almost seamless, I would think. Yes, absolutely. The, the uh, I, I've told my boss, Brennan, a few times that the the college golf portion and, and being at tournaments, deal, you know, communicating with coaches and players has been kind of the easy part of the transition. Um, the, the other side of it, learning a lot more about the corporate world, how it all works, um, how the business side of the professional golf is something that I think I was a little blind to, um, especially for being someone who, who tried to play professionally and wanted to play at the highest level. Um, so it's really just kind of been a, a, a huge learning opportunity for me to just kind of have more of a, a business side kind of background, if you will. Absolutely. Are you getting to play any golf yourself? I would doubt it early on, but are you going to play any golf? <clears throat> it, it's in the blueprint. I will say uh, b- between <laughs> trying to learn as much as I can around the tour and having a 14 month old, I, I will tell you that uh, when I get some free time, I usually am not heading straight to the golf course. I'm going to go home and, and hang out with the little man and my wife. Um, but it's definitely, I, I will say this, this new opportunity has, has given me a, um, a, unbelievable respect for coaches uh for what you all do the time you put in uh the sacrifices you all make from your families um you know i lived it for whatever that was four or five years and the little bit more of balance that i have from not traveling as much um i i can tell you i will certainly miss coaching a lot and there's going to be days where i'll really miss it but uh there is certainly is something to be said for having more weekends that uh, I can spend time with my little one-year-old that uh, I am sure I am grateful for. But like I said, so much respect for, uh, for you all as coaches. We appreciate that. Uh, 14 months old. Has Mike Small already made a home visit? He, he has not yet. Uh, you know, I think there may have been a questionnaire sent and, uh, <laughs> but he, uh, yeah, no, he has not yet, but that's, uh, okay. I, I, love, just, I love, I know I Mike's love the good. Idea. I didn't know how good he was. Okay. Well, Justin, thanks for spending about 50 minutes with me here today. I I know it's been very enlightening for me. I know it will be for my listeners and for anybody that's interested in college golf. I just sure hope I get to see you at a lot of tournaments. That'll mean that I've got a player that's good enough. Now, I do have a currently Johnny Kiefer's ranked 27th on your list. And I've told him, Johnny, the best way to move up that list is play well. And he knows it. Well, it's... uh you've got it uh, kind of figured out there coach. And it's, it's been great to, uh, to kind of get to know you over the years and have so much respect for you as a coach, but uh, probably more so for you as a person, the way that you uh, influence those around you with this podcast and everything you do and just live your life. Uh, it's been awesome to get to know you. I appreciate you having me on. And like you said, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a resource for anybody that wants to know more about PGA tour. You encourage the college golfers out there, parents, whoever it might be to, to reach out. I love college golf and I'm here to uh, just try and make it, uh, make the, at least the PGA Tour U portion of it as good as we can. Well, you're doing a great job and, and thanks again for that. And I uh, look forward to seeing you at a tournament real soon. Awesome. Thanks coach. And good luck the uh, rest of the fall if you guys aren't done yet. Thank you, Justin. I appreciate it.